Ag State of Mind, episode 34. Welcome to Ag State of Mind, a podcast that examines the stresses affecting producers of agriculture and how to alleviate these stresses and improve farmers' lives. In this podcast, we discuss openly the mental health crisis that is occurring in the agricultural community and what we can do to help turn it around. Now here's your host, Jason Meadows. Greetings and welcome to this episode of the Ag State of Mind podcast, a member of the Global Ag Network. I'm your host, Jason Meadows, and today on the show, we continue with part three of our series Across the River featuring folks from Illinois. Today, we speak with Kate Niemeyer. Kate is um, from Illinois. She attended Western Illinois University and has uh, and works as an ag teacher, but she, her, her and her family have a very interesting story in um a story that could have been very tragic and there are very tragic parts, no doubt, um, but they turned it into more of a hope story and taking their misfortune and being able to apply that to other parts and to people that they care about and to spread a message of hope. Um, her, her page and her work is, she calls it hope in the hollow. And um, we talk a bit about her journey with her, uh, her brother, her experience with her brother and um, him dying of suicide and um, how that affected her and how she's been able to turn that around as a positive experience and being able to, even as hard as it is for her to be able to turn that around and help people. Um, before we get started today, I want to remind everyone of an event coming this Wednesday, May 20th at noon central time, 1 p.m. Eastern time. Um, it is the, our breaking ground question and answer panel with myself with Kate who's actually on the podcast today with Adrian uh, she's our moderator who um, she was on the podcast a few weeks ago my friend Nathan Brown some others this whole event was kind of the brainchild of Angie Setzer um, it's a, going to be a wonderful event where it's a question and answer we're not trying to sell you anything there's no sponsors for this it's just a very low-key, relaxed way to talk about mental health and agriculture. And I'm very honored to be a part of this panel and very, very excited for what work will come out of this. And hopefully we're able to change some people's lives with this. Um, so what I will do is I will have a link to this upcoming webinar in the show notes. And if you register, you will, you don't have to see it live, but you will be able to see a taped recording. So um, please go out and find that and hopefully get yourself registered so you can uh, experience this panel firsthand. So uh, thank you for that. I appreciate you, anyone who goes out and listens to this panel. And, and every week I appreciate each and one, each and every one of you coming to this podcast, listening, and hopefully taking something into your everyday lives from this. I, I cannot thank everyone who listens to this podcast enough for how important it is to myself and my family and our team here. So um, with all that being said, we'll go out and get into the interview with Kate Niemeyer. All right, Kate, thank you for joining me tonight. I appreciate your your time and your patience with me trying to get this set up. We had a few hiccups along the way, so I really appreciate you taking the time here to talk to me tonight. Yeah, well, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm really glad to be on uh, your podcast. 
Yeah, absolutely. So I think the I think the way you and I hooked up, and correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, we have a mutual friend in Adrian DeSutter. Is that correct? Or a mutual acquaintance? That is correct, yes. Yeah, and she told yes. me about your story, and I was just so captivated by it because you kind of put something out there that you were ready to share and – you know, you wanted to be able to talk about this, to be able to, to be able to help more people. So start off, I want you to kind of give me your background, you know, where you grew up, where you're from, and, you know, your involvement of, and ag has come, come, and then, you know, we'll get in a little bit into your personal story from there. Okay. Well, I grew up in a small town, uh, Butler, Illinois. Uh, it's about an hour south of Springfield, kind of right in the middle there along 55 between Springfield and St. Louis. Okay. And uh, my dad, strictly hog farmer, 300 South Farrow to finish. So uh, I grew up following him and my mom around the farm and learning and completing all the day-to-day tasks. Um, because for a while there, mom worked on the farm as well. So that was really where we spent most of our time together taking care of the pigs. Uh, I was a 10-year member of the Hillsboro Clovers 4-H Club in in Hillsboro, which is the neighboring town where uh, my brother and I went to school, and also involved in FFA and found such a passion for sharing my ag story, and then I received my bachelor's degree in ag education. Um, I attended our local community college um, in Springfield, Lincoln Land, for two years, and then I transferred on to Western Illinois University and finished up my bachelor's there. Just, you know, a great experience uh, to see the inner workings of the community college and be involved um, in some of the clubs there and how that compares to the collegiate level. And then really, I just found one of the most interesting things about being an ag teacher since my graduation from Western in 2010 is just how all schools work a little bit differently, uh, but are achieving awesome things for our students. Um, as well, not not just teachers and administration, but also the communities who who assemble those alumni chapters and support our kids. Uh, I've just met a lot of great people over the years and um, have had the pleasure of seeing a lot of students uh, succeed in and out of the classroom with the FFA. Yeah, I mean, FFA is, we were talking before I recorded, we started recording, and FFA is such a wonderful program, and it's so, so unique, and all the really cool things that the kids get to do and experience, and, you know, we were talking about what other program do you get to learn about public speaking at the same, you know, in the same time as you can learn about welding or maybe learn how to palpate a cow, you know, I mean, it's so unique in that it's so cool in that we, you can, you can do so many different things with it. And, um, I, the ag teachers, I, I think as far as teachers goes, have some of the coolest jobs. Yes, I agree. I just, again, the experiences, um, that I've gotten the privilege to be a part of, just because I'm an ag teacher. I mean, whether it's a, you know, Farm Bureau Acquaintance Day, we, we toured a, a hog research farm and we've toured, I've toured seed production facilities and uh, toured red grain fencing. And just, just because I'm an ag teacher, I get to have some of those experiences and then turn around and share them with my kids. I mean, really, um, there aren't too many experiences like it. Yeah. Oh, 100%. So you and I talked and we, we visited previously on a phone call and um, I've been 
really intrigued by your story about your family story and about kind of what has transpired over the last several years. And uh, if you wouldn't mind, kind of share that with with the listeners and kind of understand this so they can understand the story that you're trying to get across, the message you're trying to get across. Yeah. Um, so my brother and I, we were five years apart um, and we were very, very close growing up. And even into adulthood, um, he attended community college and transferred onto Western as well. And his bread and butter was livestock judging. We grew up raising show pigs, but we also dabbled in a couple of different species as well throughout our childhood. Uh, and he loved raising pigs with my dad. Um, but he found that uh, a lot of the stresses that you face in college were really challenging to him. And we had not really had a dialogue in my family about mental health as he was going through this. And he was dealing with a lot of uh, depression and anxiety. And we had no idea at the time uh, that this was going on. So he was in his junior year of college at Western. And we uh, lost him to suicide. And that was about six years ago now. And it was a major blow uh, because I really didn't know what all he was going through until after it was over and I started putting together some of the pieces. And it took a long time. I mean, it's been six years. And this is, this is, I was telling a friend today, this is the first time I'm going to talk to somebody outside of my group of friends about my experiences losing my brother. And that's a big deal. You know, you spend the first couple years coping and figuring out, you know, how to live your life without that important person. And then I've gotten to the point now in the last year or so where I really want to, I want to share more about the story. I, I spent a lot of time, a lot of time in the last six years feeling like I make people feel uncomfortable when I talk about my brother. Mm-hmm. And I understand that can be uncomfortable for some people, but he was one of the greatest people I've ever known. And it would be a disservice to him to not advocate for mental health to not share his story and to not support others in our industry who are struggling. Uh, Because I think if they can see the strength that in in my parents and hopefully in myself, that, um, you know, there are options other than suicide to get through some of the mental health issues that we face today. So thank you for sharing that and, Thank you for being vulnerable, and I, I'm very honored that you have chosen here to kind of speak out about that because that's what we are trying to do here is try to get these stories out and the experiences that not just the people that suffer from the mental health uh, problems, mental health issues, but the people that that are affected indirectly like them by like family members like spouses like friends you know friends co-workers those type of people um and you you really kind of illustrate that and how powerful that can be and i really appreciate you coming in here and telling me about that i i, I kudos to you because I know this isn't an easy thing to talk about. So I, I want to start, I want to kind of unpack this a little bit. And I want to talk about, what. Would, tell me your brother's name again. Andrew. Andrew, that's right. So what do you think, where you talked about 
transitioning from col- from high school to college and you know he was used to working with your dad on the farm with, on the hog farm and then he went away to college what part of that transition and that change in his life do you think was most significant in causing him his problems and again i understand this is retrospect you know you're going back and kind of uh, trying to figure these things out and you don't know exactly but i just want to know from somebody who was so close to him that you know kind of what you saw like in the rear of your mirror well you know we really had a textbook childhood mm-hmm. like you know everything was great my parents were super supportive of everything that we wanted to try uh and and just we, we had a wonderful childhood and almost and this is nothing against my parents because they're, they are amazing people, but almost not, I felt, you know, looking back on it, um, some of the things I was almost naive to some of the ways of the world. Oh my gosh. Yes. How old are your parents? Just curious. (laughs) Um, they were born in 53 and 60. So, you know, like, I mean, they're that generation. yeah. 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 They're that generation of, of, you know, Everything was great, and I know everything wasn't great. We were hog farmers in the 90s. Right, yeah. Like, things were not always great, but they had this great way about them that they could, you know, talk about the struggles in private, and Andrew and I had no idea how hard it was at some points in time. Oh, my gosh, yeah. I I love them for that. I love them for for keeping that from us uh, because – no kid needs to worry about mm-hmm. how the bills are being paid or what the financial struggles are. Um, but I think, you know, I know I felt it a little bit, and obviously he felt it too. When we got out into the real world, things are a lot tougher than they are at the Weedekin Ranch. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. You know, people are more blunt and people are, are more critical. And, um, you know, if you're if you have some kind of chemical imbalance in your brain, those things might hit you harder than the average person. And I think, you know, that's probably what was going on before, you know, we were even really able to pinpoint that that was an issue. Yeah. And I've never struggled with, I mean, I've struggled with anxiety and I've I've been pretty frank and open about that, but I I never got to that point as far as suicide is concerned. I'm thankful for that. And I, but I can relate to your brother for sure, transitioning and being kind of insulated to the ways of the world. I mean, granted, I mean, my dad owned a sale barn in the eighties and, you know, was, you know, when prices were awful and he owned it, you know, all the way up through the nineties too. And he tried to run a cow calf operation, do a whole lot of other things. I mean, things were not easy. I mean, he worked his butt off. I know he didn't sleep most nights. I had no idea. I totally thought I had a perfect childhood. And, you know, like you say, kudos to them, kudos to our parents for, for insulating that from us because, and then I left for college and kind of got smacked in the face a little bit. And, you know, so I, I, hearing your, I I can see myself in your brother for sure. Yeah. 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 And, you know, he always, you know, that those struggles that he was having, he always played it off. He, Mm -hmm. he was able to compartmentalize that and not share it with anybody. And he was always, you know, it was hard. It's hard for me to imagine someone who was so supportive of me in everything I did and would be there at the drop of a hat 
regardless of what what's going on and listen to my hot mess stories and my crazy harebrained ideas, <laughs> you know, would just smooth as silk, you know, be struggle with so much because I thought I, if anybody for my, for my eyes, if anybody struggled with anything, it was going to be me, not him. Mm-hmm. Cause he always seemed like he had it all together. Yeah. And you know, he was, you know, sometimes I think people who struggle with mental health either, and maybe this is just now, they're either able to talk about it or they compartmentalize it and, you know, kind of keep it to themselves because they don't, you know, Andrew was the type of guy, I don't want anybody to worry about me. I'll figure this out. I got it on my own. And, you know, that was one of the best, you know, his supportiveness was one of the best qualities about him, but you know, he had trouble, you know, reaching out and when he needed help, he was yeah. great. He was a great helper, but, but, um, maybe struggled getting, asking for help. And you no, know, and I think you, you bring up a really interesting point there in that people who struggle, it's either obvious to everyone else or people are completely oblivious of it. And I don't think there's a whole lot of in between, um, because it's like you say, either people come right out and tell you, or, you know, it's, it's blatantly obvious, or they just kind of push that down inside and totally keep it to themselves. There's not a whole lot of in between as far as people who, you know, showing it. So I think that's, I think that's a good thing for people to keep in mind too, is sometimes the people who don't show any kind of problems, maybe the people who we need to check on the most. Absolutely. I completely agree with, with that statement because that would absolutely fit Andrew. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you think about it, you know, a farm kid from Illinois doing a livestock judging thing and, you know, just seems like he's just got it all together when really inside he, you know, he didn't have it all figured out. And unfortunately for for him and your and your entire family and everybody who knew him, um, he didn't get that figured out. And I think what you're trying to do in getting his story out there is prevent that from happening to anyone else, if, if at all possible. Absolutely. I mean, I see, I see Andrew and so many other kids that I know and so many of my past students, um, you know, just a happy go lucky kid. Andrew, his famous line was when he would call my mom to let him know how, let her know how he was doing at school. He, when she would say, well, how are you? He would say, Oh, I'm just living the dream. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of become, that's kind of become a mantra in our family. Um, You know, something that we, you know, we associate with, you know, we uh, try to support some efforts in our local county and we donate on behalf of Andrew. We use Andrew's name when we give the donation. Right. And so if some of the, we've had some paraphernalia and t-shirts and, you know, cards and stuff like that to pass out. And, and one of the things that we've written on there, along with a couple other Bible verses, is living the dream. Mm. And um, mm-hmm. I know his judging teammates, um, after Andrew was gone, uh, would say, would use the live in the dream phrase a lot because that was, uh-huh. that was something that he said. And, and you know, it was, a, it was a good way to remember him because right. it, it, it yeah. is a positive note. It is a positive note to live on. Yeah. A hundred percent. And what a way to honor him to bring, kind of bring back that phrase that he used so much and, you know, if you felt like it was that that was him, that phrase was him, and be able to make that live on in his name is is so awesome. Yeah. So what I'm I'm really curious here. What 
got you to want to start sharing and did what did your family how was that received did they want to share too is it just you without getting too personal of course you know I want to respect your family's wishes and everything but I want to, I'm just curious to know what what prompted you to start telling the story and be comfortable with it and thus you know thus you and I finding one another yeah so Really, immediately after we lost Andrew, you know, we, we collected memorial funds at his celebration um, at, on behalf of the Andrew, Andrew K. Wiedekin Memorial Fund. And um, so a lot of our reaching out was monetary at first, mm-hmm. um, you know, donating the scholarships. And uh, Andrew went on several mission trips with our church and so we sponsored a few kids to go on the mission trip who, you know, couldn't afford to pay their plane ticket or, or whatever they needed. Um, one of the biggest things we did right off the get-go is the Western Illinois Livestock Judging Team um, would always have to rent a small little bumper hitch U-Haul trailer mm-hmm. when they go on longer trips uh, to store their luggage. And so one of the first things we did was got a couple other families, oh, excuse me, and a couple other businesses to donate some money and we helped them purchase a small bumper hitch trailer and all the signage. So anytime Western Illinois goes anywhere, anybody from the ag department, they're allowed to use this trailer and there is a pig on it with Andrew's name and it says live in the dream underneath it. <laughs> so this tra- this trailer has been all over the country and I pull into national convention this fall, this past fall and I see the trailer. Oh wow. And I'm like, that is how awesome is that? That like, you know, any you know, so many people are going to see that trailer and and see, you know, have that have that impact there. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. And his name is like it's it's so cool to because he is. I mean, it's like he gets to live on. You know, I mean, even though he's not here in body form, you know, his spirit is here, and he is. You know, people are are recognizing that name and you know he gets to he kind of he gets to kind of continue that legacy even though he is not here to do it himself it it, it kind of lives on yeah um our latest thing um once we felt comfortable reaching out more in person and with our stories my parents and i mm-hmm. uh, my dad uh, became involved with a couple others from our county who were interested in furthering mental health awareness. And we live in Montgomery County, Illinois, um, and just a lot of kind of disturbing uh, statistics brought the attention um, of this group of individuals. In Montgomery County, we have approximately 30,000 residents. Okay. And this, these are some 2008 statistics, and I would gather uh, based on my experiences so far that they're about the same or worse than, mm-hmm. than this 2008 statistic. So with about 30,000 residents, um, at, the, at the time this, this data was published, 1,700 residents were dealing with major depression. Another 1,800 residents were dealing with drug addiction or other drug issues. So as I've learned through some of this mental health awareness training that I've been through, a lot of uh, drug issues um, relate back to some kind of mental health uh, issue as well. So if you add those together, 
Uh, that's about 12% of the population here in Montgomery County uh, are dealing with either drug issues or mental health issues. And that is an alarming statistics because that is one of the highest numbers of any county in the state of Illinois. And we are by no means the most populated county in right. the state of Illinois. Right, yeah, of course. Um, and also along those statistics, something uh, that, that bothers me, suicide is the leading cause of death of residents in Montgomery County ages 25 to 44. Wow. And the second highest in the age groups of 15 to 24. So like 15 years old, like I can't imagine being mm -hmm. a freshman in high school. That's and, my son's age. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Contemplating with those thoughts. Um, and, and of course the crisis calls continue to increase every year uh, through our 911 system. So uh, just a lot of concerns. Um, and so uh, this group of individuals, including my dad, formed a ministry called Crossover. Mm -hmm. And our goal, it, we're focusing on Montgomery County right now, and I've since joined the board as well. But back in 2018, the main goal was to raise mental health awareness in Montgomery County. And, you know, it would be nice to think, in my mind, it would be nice to think, oh, let's help the whole state of Illinois. But uh, to have the greatest amount of impact, you know, it was really on the heart, you know, and of course it's, it's a Christ centered ministry. Um, uh -huh. mm -hmm. you know, I, I feel like God has really put on my heart that I need to be sharing more. And I'm so proud of my dad, uh, for stepping out of his comfort zone because 10 years ago, this would not have been his thing at all. And he just has stepped up and, and done a wonderful job sharing his testimony, sharing his Andrew story with the public. And, um, you know, that's something I've supported him in from the beginning, but um, now just felt like that I'm a point, at a point in my life where um, this is this is a time that I need to share. Um, and I have some unique experiences. You know, he's farmed his whole life. And I have some experiences and some contacts outside of just Montgomery County that, you know, there's an opportunity there to share with just more uh, than the county, uh, but to share within our whole industry. Yeah, no, and I, I like the fact that you guys concentrated on it at home because I think when we set out on when we set out on these kind of you know change the world type mentalities, it's really easy to get in over our heads and get overwhelmed and then have to kind of quit. So uh, or feel like you know feel like you need to quit because you are taking too much away from whatever else and you know that's not helpful to anybody but what you guys did is you for I think you, you you started out maybe feeling that way but then you're like you know what let's bring it home and let's concentrate on there's enough work to do here at home in Montgomery County where you know maybe if we can get this started here and maybe expand it one day you know, so be it, but let's, let's focus in on here. And I think that's a really, really great example of how, not just in mental health, but in whatever, if we're trying to make a difference, make a difference in the smallest way or in the smallest amount of people or in the most concentrated amount of people that you, that you feel like you can make a big impact on. And you guys did that and that great for you. I, uh, that's awesome. Yeah, it, it's been it's been awesome just to get to know uh, more people and see how many people, um, you know, some of our early events were not well attended, but, um, you know, we had made some good contacts and we worked with the local Farm Bureau uh, and we did a, um, 
a farmer celebration. And, and that is actually the event where I met Adrienne Sutter. Uh, she was our keynote speaker that night. Mm-hmm. And like, she was so inspiring to me. And, you know, she's got the school counseling background. So, you know, she's well-versed on all the mental health issues that, you know, our students face and being a farmer's wife, what farmers face. And she's like, I have no fancy story. I have no, I, I don't, I just, I'm concerned and I want to mm-hmm. speak out and, and let you know it's okay. And I was like, Hey, wait a minute. I have a story. I want to be like her. <laughs> and yeah. I, she, she kind of, she kind of flushed and laughed, laughed it off when I told her that, but I was like, you know, I have been struggling with the finding the right words to say, to tell my story. And I said, she doesn't even have a story. She's just concerned. Yeah. She's just interested. She just listens to people who are struggling and mm-hmm. he has the courage to um, organize her presentations and, and get up and, you know, travel the state and talk to, you know, all different kinds of groups of people in ag. I can do that too. And, you know, I've just really been, you know, since we, we had that event uh, back in February and since then I've just kind of been uh, contemplating, you know, where, what my next step would be and, and how I can get out there and share the story even more. Um, I'll tell you, I met so many people after the fact that I had no idea that Andrew was friends with, but mm-hmm. had gotten the courage to come up to me and say, you know, your brother was awesome. I really appreciated this one time and talk about him. I was like, I need to, sh- I need to share this because, um, you know, just because, you know, it, because he struggled with mental health, you know, he was a great person and he still had lots of great attributes. And, and I know some, there's got to be tons of people out there struggling right now. Maybe not tons, but several people out there. Oh, there are. Struggling I think right there now. are tons. I really do. Um, yeah. Yeah. There, there are people out there struggling that, you know, are great people, even though they're struggling and, and, you know, learning how to play up those awesome qualities that they have and, and, you know, working on the ones that they're struggling with. I think, I think that's encouraging, and I want to share some of those stories that I hear from, you know, Andrew's friends and acquaintances and, and, and you know, share this message of hope and courage. It is. It's absolutely a message of hope and of courage, and 100% there is no reason to be ashamed of what happened because Andrew's just struggled with his health, and it's no different than him struggling with his his cardiac health or his respiratory health and you know him succumbing to that it, there is no reason to downplay what great person he was because he succumbed to this and it's really important i'm i'm really happy you see it that way because a lot of people do not and a lot of people feel guilty and a lot of people you know feel like well, what was wrong with him and like it, almost like it's this taboo thing to talk about and you know they feel ashamed of it but he just struggled just just maybe not in the way we were familiar with him struggling with his health but it's no different it's no different than him struggling with any other part of his health it it, it is he did just have kind of an he had an issue with his brain and it's, it's a part of our physiology. It's a part of our anatomy. It's part of biology. It's just, there's nothing we can do about it other than try to get the help whenever we need it. Yeah. And that's the stigma. That's the stigma and the barriers that, uh, crossover that we're trying to break down with crossover ministries. 
Um, I felt like for the first couple years after we lost Andrew, I was being avoided. I was getting the looks. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I was getting mm-hmm. the looks. I was feeling uncomfortable. I was getting the, you know, that, that's crazy. You know, I'm not even going to look you straight in the eye. And and a lot of it might be in my head because I was self-conscious about what happened. And I was sure, yeah. Around. And there again, there's that there's that stigma. Yeah, but um, I think you know, I think we made a lot of great strides and, and, you know, there were some friendships that I thought were damaged that have been repaired. And, you know, I think more often times than not now, if anybody says anything, you know, they just want to, they want to talk about how they marvel at our courage and to get up and talk about it because a lot of people don't. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And, Good for you for talking about it. So I I, I have two questions here that I want to ask you. And the first thing is what you talked about this mental health training. Is there something that you have done since this has all went on to, did you go through like a PUPR training or something with Farm Bureau or the extension office or anything like that? I did QPR. You did QPR. Um, I did, cool. I did QPR, and I really I find a lot of value in that. Actually, I have plans uh, to become a certified trainer in QPR. Good for um, you. That's great. So, <laughs> yeah, QPR was great. My parents have been through TIC, which is trauma informed care, uh-huh. which is a little more a little more general health base or a little more general mental health than just um, focusing on the possibilities of suicide. Um, and that's another one. I've not, haven't been to the training myself. I wasn't available that the day that they went. But something that we can do in crossover is if several of the board members are certified trainers, um, these events become much easier for us to host because um, you know the volunteer is already you know it's a volunteer and you're not paying someone to come in. Uh, so that was um, an angle that we really hoped to approach in 2020 was to get um, we we already have one of our um, volunteers. She is certified in divorce care for kids, which is a program that's been around a long time. Um, and it's, you know, it's encouraging mental health and, and helping kids grow after a, not just divorce, but any kind of separation in the family. Um, and we, you know, we're all working on the different programs we're interested in. Um, we've got another volunteer. She's um, doing a project recovery, which is for any kind of addict. Again, a lot of the addiction stems back to some kind of mental health issue. So she's working on that. And, you know, we're just trying to have our fingers in a little bit of every pot that deals with mental health issues in our county and um, trying to, you know, have a bigger impact um, in the 30,000 in Montgomery County. Yeah. Uh, QPR training is so such a great place. We don't do that here yet. I'd like to get that started here in my neck of the woods because um, I some some of my really my previous guests have talked about it and um, have been like just all about it. And they're all from Wisconsin, actually. Uh, Randy Roker, Jeff Ditzenberger, Susan Springer, they all do QPR training. Uh, Jeff is Jeff and Susan, I believe, are are both instructors, and the difference that it can make in in a setting is is wonderful. And I I'm I'm happy to hear that you are going to do go and be an instructor yourself because we need more people 
like you who are interested or not interested are involved in ag and have a story to tell and understand how important that training is to folks to recognize this the signs of of mental illness of people struggling um so i'm really happy to hear that absolutely and i love that qpr is based like there are no fancy words that you need to say Mm -hmm. and it's it's all about showing genuine concern for someone and not being the ultimate resource but knowing how to access those resources Um, we have there are so many resources nationwide out there, but also specifically in Illinois, we have something called the warm line. So if you're experiencing some kind of mental health issue, you can call this line. It's all volunteers who have all experienced some kind of mental health issue, you know, whether it's drug addiction, depression, bipolar, they're experienced. They're not going to be, they're not going to judge you. They know what you're going through. Uh, and I think there are several other states with a warm line, but um, you know, having the warm line business card in your wallet, you know, that's all you need to do to be successful at QPR. Hey, you doing okay? Oh, you're not okay? Hey, I have this really cool resource. Here, call these people. They they would love to listen to you. You know, it, it's it's not fancy. It's it's not any fancy words. And, and I know people get nervous about, well, I don't want to ask them what they're going through. I mean, that's weird. And <laughs> But it's not. And, and, you know, mental health is just, it's a little bit different there. There may not be physical it is. symptoms. Right. And, um, but that's, that's the great thing about QPR. It really breaks it down for, in a way that everybody, everybody can, um, understand and be helpful. Yeah. And I'd never heard that term warm line before. And I, while we were sitting here talking, I looked it up and we actually have a warm line, the NAMI of Missouri. So, uh, I'm, I'm happy to hear that. Um, and that's something, that's something I'm going to start promoting myself because that's a, I mean, what a wonderful resource. Well, and actually I started, um, I started my, my Twitter handle is hope in the hollow and I have, um, a hope in the hollow Facebook page where I just share um, a lot of Bible verses and a lot of lines because my journey has been faith-based and, and I could not have gotten through that without um, my faith and uh, my church family who has been so supportive of us uh, from the beginning. But I do share some resources like that. And I ordered some business cards from Vistaprint and I was like, okay, every business card has the backside and I know it costs extra to print on the backside. But I need to know the warm line, and I need mm-hmm. to know the suicide prevention line. And so I just littered the back of that business card. With resources. I just stuffed as many resources on there as I could, and I was like, okay. So now that I've got these business cards in my wallet that I can hand out to everybody that I meet that, you know, mental health even remotely comes up in the conversation, um, then everybody that gets one of my business cards is also carrying the warm line phone number with them. And hopefully, uh, if they never, ever call me or contact me ever again, um, hopefully that maybe it, that business card will help at least one person uh, that's struggling in the future. Yes. Because I'll tell you, the $40 I spent on the business card, if it helps one person, then it absolutely. Was money. It's money it. very, very well spent. Very well spent. Uh, yes, absolutely. So last, the last question I want to ask you, and it, it involves your job and your training and what you do as an ag teacher, as an FFA teacher. 
um, something that has kind of come to my mind here in the last, I don't know, couple of couple of months is is getting this conversation started among those kids, among those 14 to 18 year old kids who are in FFA and high school. And, you know, they they don't know yet that it's not okay to talk about this kind of stuff. And getting those kids and how do you feel that once if we start talking to these kids about mental health and about mental health and agriculture and mental health in rural communities how would it be received among that group of group of that group of kids well actually i can tell you that i've experienced a little bit of this because okay. one of the pieces one of the pieces that we've done pieces of our outreach after losing andrew we did one uh, guest speaker with Crossover Ministries, and we did one guest speaker prior to um, two wonderful, wonderful individuals. Uh, the first one that we invited to come speak at our local high school, his name is Sam Eaton, and he is actually a music teacher um, from, I'm going to say the wrong state, so I'm just not going to tell you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's an amazing young man, and he actually survived a suicide attempt. And his goal, uh, you know, he's got to work, uh, got to be a teacher, but whenever he is available, he tries to schedule speaking events where he talks about a lot of the feelings that he was going through uh, when he attempted suicide and how he's overcome. And he's turned into um, his actually his Facebook page is recklessly alive. You, and his name is Sam Eaton. You need to go look him up. He's doing do he's just written a book. And is going to be spending some time on the road this summer, hopefully, um, if this COVID-19 craziness kind of slows (laughs) down a little bit, Um, but promoting his new book, and I am so excited to read it. Um, I almost feel like Sam's been down uh, in Montgomery County twice now uh, for different speaking events, and I almost feel like he's a brother now. He is just, he's very similar to Andrew in many ways, and I mean that in the highest of compliments. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I just really have enjoyed getting to know him and seeing where his journey is taking him uh, through his Facebook page, Recklessly Alive. Second one we did, just this uh, past, um, well, past February, we invited, as Crossover Ministries, we invited another speaker, Sam Anthony Lucania, and his Facebook page is Sam Anthony Speaks. And he is a very gifted speaker. Um, he struggled with addiction for many years of his life and has finally has finally had some success with his sobriety and has turned that into a, a speaking business as well. And he is amazing. Um, and he talks about every day is a gift. I don't have to live today. I get to live today. I get to watch my boys grow up. I get to enjoy my wife. I get to go to work. You know, I get to run this, this mm-hmm. speaking business and tell people my story. He was absolutely amazing. Um, I'm getting, actually, I'm just getting chills thinking about it because he came and spoke to our four local high schools. And then the, the second evening we had an open event at, um, the local event center and he came and gave his testimony and how God influenced his sobriety and, um, his life, you know, post addiction. Absolutely amazing. Those are two guys I would highly recommend anybody follow on Facebook. Uh, because they're a because they're awesome guys, or b if you're struggling as well, um, it, you know it's important to surround your pe- yourself with good people who understand what you're going through. And those two guys, t- cream of the crop, they're awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, 
So anyway, but the whole back to your question. Good. Yeah, hundred. It's okay. The because these I watched these two guys speak to our local high school students. They the high school students just flocked to them, and were like had this look of relief on their face, like, wow, there are people out there who feel the same way I feel. And, you know, of course, they make themselves available through their social yeah. media to interact with. And mm-hmm. I think Sam said the first night he was here, he had like 20 messages from high school students in my area Wow, that just like, hey, my, my friend's dealing with suicide. What can I say? Or dealing with thoughts of suicide. What can I say? Hey, my friend's been using drugs or vaping and I'm concerned about them. What should I say? Like these kids are not afraid to talk about it. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. No, go ahead. But, and honestly, they just need someone to say, Hey, it's okay to talk about it. I'm listening. Yeah. And I think, I think that's just the key. I mean, I think, I think they get it in their mind, you know, drugs are illegal. Underage drinking is illegal. So I'm not going to talk about it because it's not illegal. Even though, I'm dealing with it or one of my friends is dealing with it or I see a group of kids at school that are dealing with it. Like, I I just really think we just got to say, Hey, it's okay. We can have an open conversation about it without judgment. And I think the, the, the dialogue will just pour out of them. No, I love kids this age because, and I think it's just this generation. I have a son. We talked, we've talked about him, um, that he is of that generation. He's that, you know, high school, that, that age demographic I'm speaking about. And they are not afraid to ask questions and they are not afraid of, you know, I think a lot of times us, the older, the generation before I'm actually probably two generations before him. Um, we are always scared of feeling stupid or scared of feeling like a fraud. We were scared of imposter syndrome and we're scared, you know, we're scared of, you know, we're scared if we ask these questions, then well, we're going to look dumb. These kids are not afraid of that. And that is so awesome. That is such a great attribute to not be afraid to ask questions and not be afraid to, you know, be open about things because that's, that right there is, that's going to be half the battle these kids have in, in facing any kind of mental health that is going to come their way because they're, they're not going to just accept that this is the way it is. They, they're, they're challenged the status quo and that is very refreshing. Yeah. I think, I think today is the population that are in high school right now, you know, I think they get a bad rap for something, you know, lazy, you know, they're not self-starters, that sort of thing. But yeah, every high school, do, you know, at some point, the, the <laughs> yeah. older generation, everybody said that about the kids in high school at that time. Absolutely. But I really, I do value something that I love about this generation is their desire to ask questions. You know, maybe not necessarily about schoolwork all the time. Right, right. You know, <laughs> um, mental health is a, is, is a very important thing to talk about because, you know, the statistics don't lie. They're robbing, you know, mental health is robbing us of, you know, people we love, whether they die from it or it just takes over a portion of their life. And, um, you know, I, I, you'd be amazed. Some of the conversations I've had with kids just sitting behind the wheel, you know, of a minivan, minivan or suburban going to an FFA contest, and they'll just tell me their whole life story. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm just your ag teacher, uh-huh. but no filter. Okay, I'll listen. I got sure. nothing better to do for the next couple hours. Sure, and, sure. And 
it's amazing that they're willing to share and they're willing to ask questions. And I talk about Andrew all the time and I'm like, I'm not afraid to talk about this. I went through something hard and I don't want anybody else to experience right. it. Yeah. So yeah. some of them are shocked that I'm so open uh, because some of them have told me in the past that I'm one of the most open teachers that they've ever known. Like, um, you know, some of my past students, you know, love my children, you know, as much as, you know, their some of their cousins do because, um, they, they've gotten to be, you know, I talk about them all the time. I talk sure. about Andrew all the time. I talk about my livestock all the time. And it's like, you know, that's just the kind of person I am, you know, open and I like to share. And, and I think because I'm passionate about it and I've become yeah, uh, passionate yeah. about mental health, and I can tell, become educated like, about it, <laughs> become educated about it just because, you know, I'm curious what everybody thinks or what yeah. everybody's going through when they go experience that. Oh, great. That's that's awesome and very refreshing. Kate, I appreciate you coming on here and talking to me, having this conversation and being so open about the things that you have experienced and, you know, starting to be able to share that. And I'm, again, I'm very honored that you and I were able to hook up and you, this is the kind of the first place you've told this story outside your area. So I'm really, really honored for that. And I'm glad our paths have crossed. Me too. Me too. So where can people, I want to, I always want to give everybody the opportunity to show where can people find you online? If they have any questions, they want to reach out to you. What's the best places they can find you? Uh, the best way I am the most well-versed at Facebook. Okay. So my Facebook page is hope in the hollow. Okay. Or my Twitter handle is hope in the hollow. Either of those will work great. Perfect. Well, we will link that in the show notes and, uh, I'm really excited for people to hear this story. And this has been a really cool conversation for, for me and, uh, you know, one of hope. And in a time when is hope seems to be kind of at a premium, um, I, I, I'm always happy to share, get to share these stories that, that, that inspire hope. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me on. I really appreciate the opportunity. Yes. Yes. Anytime, anytime. Thanks again. Okay. Thanks for listening to Ag State of Mind. We hope this episode has encouraged you. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Ag State of Mind. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify so you never miss an episode. See you next week.